Welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Hello, this, this is, is Michael Mike. Sudhalter with the Horns Up Half Hour podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. It's our Veterans Day episode, and I am honored to have two uh, veterans of the United States Air Force with me, uh, retired Major Court Stargell and um, retired Master Sergeant Danion McClendon. Did I say that correctly? Close enough. Oh, okay, thank you, uh, Master Sergeant McClendon. And... Um, Anyways, both uh, Stargell and McClendon are the instructors here for the Cedar Hill High School Air Force uh, JROTC program. So we're going to speak with them today about their experience in the military and the transition from being in the military to going into education. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to ask, um, how did you? How did both of you decide to join the military? Okay. Um, I guess it's Major Stargell here, and I guess I'll start out. So 27 years ago is how long I was in the Air Force and came in in August of uh, 86, straight out of high school. And to be honest with you, I only had uh, joined, joined the Air Force and took the ASVAB and everything because I didn't have homework done in second period. So uh, I didn't have any grandeur of serving my country and, and so forth, but I uh, but, uh, fell in love with the Air Force when I joined. I joined to get my college money and, and get out after four years, and, and then I uh, found out I enjoyed, enjoyed it, we had gotten married, and wanted to spend the rest of uh, the time as a uh, military, uh, military member. And then I got, uh, got my college degree, got picked up for officer training school, and then uh, and went in as, uh, as an officer, got picked up as an officer, spent the last 12 years of my career starting a major as a communications officer. Oh, wow. And then what about you, Master Sergeant McClendon? Well, I took a different route. Uh, I actually started off in the Navy first. Uh, I did 10 years in the Navy. Uh, then I went to the Air Force Reserve. And then after 9-11, I came back in and was duty and spent uh, my last 14 years. So I've done a total of 27 years in the military. Um, I joined uh, because, one, it was a family tradition. My father's retired Air Force. Uh, my brother was in the Air Force at the time. And yes, I broke ranks and went Navy first, but ended up joining the Air Force later on. Um, I did it for the benefits. I did it for the travel. Um, and, you know, I just loved what I did you know, in the military. And that's why I stayed in. Uh, like most military personnel, we always come in for that four years and say we're going to get out after four years, but uh, it was a great thing, great great opportunity for me, and I'm definitely glad I stayed. Okay, so both had, you know, over 25 years of service, but what were some of your roles and responsibilities uh, while you were in the military? Um, so, for me, um, of course, anytime you spend time, as much time we have in the military, you always have that role of a supervisor. I worked in the medical field, uh, and when I retired, I retired as the inspector general for the base. So, my, what base was that? Uh, Moody Air Force Base in Valdosta, Georgia. Okay. And so, my job there uh, as the inspector general, 
uh, I was supposed to be the eyes and ears of the uh, base commander. So any of the wrongdoings that were going on on base uh, was reported to me. I'd have to investigate uh, what happened and people either lose their jobs or were not able uh, what I found. But, um, you know, I was uh, superintendent. Uh, superintendent is pretty much like, um, I guess the best way somebody putting it is um, the major is a CEO. And, <clears throat> and I was uh, one of the managers uh, throughout. So uh, I managed uh, a squadron of about 100 people, uh, ranging from jobs such as public health, dental, optometry, flight medicine, things like that. Uh, and so that's pretty much what I did throughout my time in the military. What did you do when you first started out? When I first started out as a, a young Navy guy, I started off in the dental career field. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, just worked my way up uh, doing oil changes and uh, uh, cleanings, your normal stuff that you would normally have in, uh, in the dental career field. Okay. And then um, what about you, Major Stargell? Uh, I started out enlisted for the first 15 years in the, what they call the command post. I was a command post uh, controller. I handled aircraft emergencies, uh, ground emergencies that happened on base, anything that happened uh, with the base. And, uh, and uh, my mom always said that it was the two, my two favorite things, I talked on the telephone and played with computers. <laughs> So um, a lot of my job was, uh, you know, classified. So, um, but uh, we we decoded emergency action messages, which is basically the messages telling us that we're going to war, and uh, and then uh, <clears throat> and then I spent uh, the last twelve years as a communications officer, I'm running computer networks, help desks, uh, land administration, and things like that. And my last job, I worked as a uh, uh, communications flight commander for the uh, NATO AWACS communications squadron. Oh wow! In uh, Gelsenkirchen, Germany. Okay, so um, were there any parts of either of y'all service that kind of stood out um, in your mind? Any highlights of your time in in the uh, Air Force? That's a broad question because there's <laughs> so many uh, different things that highlights your career. Um, but if I had to actually pick out one thing that really highlights my career uh, is my last deployment uh, before I retired. Uh, I went to Jordan uh, for six months and uh, being a minister as well, uh, it was great going out to Jordan because I got a chance to go to uh, the Jordan River, Mount Nebo, the Red Sea, Dead Sea, uh, Petra, uh, and then while during that job of being the IG, I got the, I got the opportunity to go to Turkey, Kuwait, and places like that. So it was really fun, really neat. I love that travel aspect of it. And then, of course, uh, you know, when you're preaching and teaching, uh, I got the opportunity to actually see and visit those things that you know that I'm preaching about on Sunday mornings. Oh wow! Well, what do you think? So. Uh, my favorite assignment uh, as far as uh, when I was enlisted was by far Volkel Air Base or Volkel Air Base in the Netherlands. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> we were a geographically separated unit of about 120 Americans with their families supporting the Dutch F-16s there. And 
just a great uh, group of uh, folks there, and um, we uh, we built a, a really close family bond um, amongst all of us there. Um, because we didn't have any U.S.-based support locally, we had a couple hours away with our main base support. So we so we lived on the economy with the Dutch, and uh, went to the markets, we went to shopping at the local stores, <clears throat> ate the food, and just had a great time there. Um, but uh, I'd say my most favorite time also was when I was deployed to Afghanistan and Kabul. I was with the NATO training mission in Afghanistan and the communications unit there, <clears throat> working with the uh, coalition forces, supporting them, and making sure that they had the right communications available to them and getting them up and running uh, when they hit the ground from various uh, locations and uh, working side by side with some amazing folks, including our, uh, our Navy unit that uh, was from Navy Dallas, actually. <clears throat> and they uh, um, just the greatest bunch of uh, folks to work with and for. Okay, so with <clears throat> Veterans Day is coming up on Thursday. Um, so each year when you, I mean, because I know you all are both like relatively recently retired from the military, so when you think about it, like as a veteran on Veterans Day, what does that mean to you? Veterans Day, I'll, I'll start out here. Veterans Day is, uh, to me, is a great opportunity to um, thank <clears throat> those that came before me and uh, remember what they uh, what they've done, and uh, but uh, and also those that uh, have get, paid the ultimate sacrifice. It always helps you to reflect that. Uh, for me, it, it uh, gives me an opportunity to um, to remember what I did while I was in and the great experiences that I had, the one mission, one mind, one fight type of camaraderie and attitude that we had. Um, I always knew, and, and Danny and I had never worked together in the Air Force, but I knew that if we'd ever deployed and I met him, and I'd know he'd have my back and I'd have his back. I think that, uh, you know, just remembering those things and remembering the sacrifices that those that came before us did. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with the best joke is it's the free meals on Veterans Day. There you go. <laughs> that we get. So, but honestly, uh, when I think about Veterans Day, uh, one, I, I do take pride in being a veteran. You know, I'm not looking for to be pat on the back or anything like that. But uh, when you've served your country uh, the best way that you can, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, just makes you feel good about, you know, what you've done. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also thinking about those who came before me. Uh, and there's two things that, there's two things that really stand out to me. Uh, one is that uh, I always thank uh, my, my black veterans who came way before me, who went and fought for the country, and when they came home, they still were not treated as a citizen. So I thank those uh, veterans who have come before me to uh, pave the way uh, for me, and to, for me to make the career that I had uh, in, our, in our military. Uh, not negating anybody else, but you know, when you look at your Tuskegee Airmen, uh, when you look at the history of what they've done, it just makes you proud. And then um, 
by uh, my friend, one of my classmates, Troy Gilbert. Uh, Troy, uh, plane was shot down over Iraq in, I want to say it was 2004-2005 time frame. And we lost Troy. And um, his parents really fought uh, because we were getting ready to give up looking for him. And his parents came out and said, hey, I thought that we would never leave an airman behind. And here recently, I would say probably about 2016, 2015, they found Troy's remains and brought him back home. And wow. In the West. And so uh, to have someone like that, to actually personally know someone that you went to school with, graduated with, who gave the ultimate of sacrifice uh, for this country, makes me reflect on guys like Troy, uh, who've done, you know, who gave their all uh, for us to be here today. Well, um, and then after the military, how did you all decide to go into education? Well, the day I retired, uh, one of my frat brothers, Omega's uh, brother from the Omega South Pi, he came and whispered in my ear. He was a uh, uh, principal, retired principal, I think twice uh, from the school system in Georgia. And he came and whispered in my ear that, you know, hey, being a teacher would be a great thing uh, for me to do. Uh, of course, he sold me a little bit on all the benefits, you know, having the summers off and Thanksgiving, Christmas, all this time off. But he, he reminded me that this is still a way of service and, you know, to give back to our community and to help those that are coming up behind us. And so uh, I thought about it, and at first I was like, eh. But when he made, when he brought that to me, I was like, you know what, let me continue the service, you know, uh, on helping bring up a nation where that when I go to sleep at night, I can feel safe and secure. And so, and that's what we're doing. We have to build the future uh, of our, of our military, we have to build the future of our nation, our country, our communities, uh, you know, with strong citizens, you know, young citizens who are going to go through some of the same things that we went through, at, you know, growing up. And so, you know, we're trying to prepare them to be better than what we were. Do you feel like your time in the military prepared you for what you do now as an educator? Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, the military does a a lot of training anyway. You know, we have to do a lot of public speaking. We have to do a lot of teaching. Uh, we have to do a lot of mentoring. All these types of things that we deal with uh, here at the school. So uh, the military was just really a stepping stone uh, for us. There are some things that we had to get used to. Um, and you know, some of the things are, you know, that the military would give us um, avenues to be able to go through when we had problems uh, here in the school. And there's some things that we had to learn over again, but it's still that opportunity to help our, uh, help our youth uh, when they're having problems, you know, at home, with school, or whatever it may be. It still gives the opportunity to help them out uh, with how the military has taught us. Okay, I'm Major Stargell. <clears throat> so my mom and dad were both educators uh, in Livingston, Texas, and uh, and one of the reasons that I did join the military also was the Air Force also was that I did not want to be a teacher. 
And uh, so I spent most of my Air Force career being a trainer and an educator, to include teaching ROTC at the collegiate level at uh, University of Nebraska in Omaha at that 470. Go Wolfpack. <clears throat> um, but uh, so the reason I'm here is because I fell in love with our junior ROTC when my son went through it in WS High School in Nebraska and uh, fell in love with the program then because I saw what kind of um, molding that it did for him. And I wanted to have the opportunity, like uh, Sergeant McClendon said, was be able to make a difference in these kids' lives and you know, provide them some opportunities to learn how to be a leader, how to make good decisions, um, and uh, to prepare them to take that next step once they get that diploma. <clears throat> and we want to set, set them up so they get out there on that, their left foot, because you always step out on the left foot when you march. So step out on that correct foot and, and, uh, and take life and run with it. You know, uh, you know, our motto or our purpose here in Junior ROTC is to develop citizens of character that are dedicated to serving their nation and community. And that's what we're all about. We're trying to develop citizens of character with these, uh, with these kids. And it's a, just, it's a great blessing to me to be able to do that. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much and happy Veterans Day. Thank you both so much for your service. On behalf of uh, Cedar Hill ISD, we're all very grateful to you and to all the veterans in the district and in the community. So um, appreciate you being here today. In Bryce's classroom, uh, he's coming off a big victory. He's also a football coach. What position do you coach? Uh, defensive tackles. Defensive tackles. And then the defense was huge last night. They defeated um, Mansfield 20-10. to 10. So, uh, first of all, Bryce, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Thank you for your support. Yeah. And um, the first question I have for you is, like, how did you decide to join the military? I know you're a Cedar Hill High School graduate class of... 2010. 2010. And then you decided to go um, to the United States Naval Academy. So, tell me about that process. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 2009, my... Uh, or, I guess, towards the end of my junior service in 2008, uh, the United States Naval Academy... One of the coaches came up to the high school uh, to do some recruiting. And so I guess he came and stayed and watched a game of mine and decided to offer me a full-ride scholarship to uh, play football at the Naval Academy. So that was kind of my introduction uh, into the military. I left uh, Cedar Hill in 2010 and went to the United States Naval Academy um, in 2011 to uh, play, play sports and to uh, graduate from USNA. So I know you probably had a lot of other offers from different schools. What was it about the Naval Academy that you're like, I want to go here, I want to play football here? Well, honestly, it uh, for the, the bulk of my junior year, and, and I hadn't had uh, very much military background with my family, but for some reason all three service academies uh, had offered me a scholarship. So for the bulk of my junior season, uh, I was committed to the Air Force Academy, actually. Um, but I could never really quite time my visit up. So once Navy offered a scholarship as well, I knew that I wanted to visit at least one service academy. So I ended up going there on a visit, and I had a great time. And that was, uh, I mean, it was just the best visit. It felt like home. Uh, and I knew that would give me the best opportunity uh, after service and after college. What would you say to, because now as a coach here at Cedar Hill and a teacher, what would you say to maybe some of the football players who are thinking maybe go to a you know a traditional university versus a service academy? 
Um, what advice would you give them? Uh, the main thing I would tell them is it is a decision that sets you up for the rest of your life. Uh, I've met some of my lifelong friends. Uh, I actually met my wife at the Naval Academy. Um, and I definitely, um, it, it's given me opportunities that I think maybe if I'd attended another university or another institution uh, that I might not be blessed with today. So after graduating from the Naval Academy, what was your um, rank in the Navy? So when I first graduated from the Naval Academy in 2015, um, I was commissioned as a naval officer. I was what was called an ensign. Um, it's a, an 01, basically your first year in the military as a commissioned officer. That's the, the title. It's called an ensign. But uh, and I finished in uh, 2021 as a lieutenant. So how three. long were you in the? Um, six years. Six years. Okay. What were your most memorable parts of your service in the Navy? Um, I would say honestly. Um, was when I went to my first ship. I was actually luck lucky to uh, go with a few of my college teammates. We all went to the same ship, and uh, my best friend. We ended up on the same uh, at the same command for my first uh, two and a half years, and just spending that time with them. And we went on a deployment together, going all around the world and seeing different cultures, different countries was definitely uh, probably the most rewarding and the most. Uh, I grew the most during that time period. So you told me about, I know when we first came on board here at Cedar Hill. When you first came on board here at Cedar Hill, you were um, telling me in your military service some of the different like roles you had within the Navy. Can you tell me a little more about that? Absolutely. So in 2015, when I went to my first command, I was an engagement control officer, so I was in charge of... Uh, the Tomahawk missiles uh, on board the USS James E. Williams. Uh, when I left there in 2018, I went to the USS Tortuga as the ATO, which is the anti-terrorism officer. So I was in charge of all force protection, um, force protection for the ship there. Um, it was a um, a combat ship, and so uh, did that. And then I left there, and I went to uh, Beachmaster Unit Two as the uh, administration officer and so kinda, so what was um like having that much responsibility over something like that significant what did that feel like uh as a you know the thing about it as you commission uh, out of the service academies like that you know it's still a four-year institution so i was you know 22 years old being in charge of you know quite a bit or 23 excuse me uh being in charge of you know, quite a bit of you know, responsibility as an engagement control officer uh you know, those are million dollar missiles in a in a million dollar launcher, you know, and it just it's it's it can be stressful, but uh, with the help of like your peers, um, and for me leaning on my faith, it it gave me, um, you know, extreme peace to know that I you know I had support from from all different areas, but it was definitely uh, a daunting task and you know something that you have to stay focused on because if not, it can slip away from you. So with Veterans Day coming up, like what does Veterans Day mean to you? Um, again, I, I I don't have an extensive uh, military background as far as my family. Uh, I do have one uncle that served. Uh, he served in the Army. Um, but it, it I met a lot of great people while I was in service. And just to know that uh, now that I'm out and, and doing something else that I love, to know that there are people who are still, uh, you know, supporting and, 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 you know, in different efforts to defend our country, 
it means a lot. And I know that, you know, personally, like I said, some of the things that they go through uh, while being away from their families and some of the sacrifices that they make, it just makes me forever grateful as a, uh, as a veteran, as a, you know, as a, someone who was a service member to, to know what they're still doing today and the different efforts that they're putting forward today to keep us safe here in America. Okay. Um, so yeah, the military, how did you decide to go into education? Um, it kind of all ties in together. I was, uh, I always tell people, I said I was in the middle of the ocean, I was on deployment, and I had no idea what I was going to do once I got out of service, um, and it just kind of clicked like a light that I was going to go uh, into teaching and coaching uh, high school football, and so I knew that it was something I wanted to do. I didn't know how soon I would do it, but once uh, I mean, my family decided that I would get out in 2021, uh, it was a no-brainer to come into uh, come into education. Do you feel like the military prepared you for this, for the, your role here at Cedar Hill High School? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just the day-to-day, uh, being a teacher, you know, you kind of get into a routine. Um, I see the same students. Every, we have one block schedule, so I see the same students every other day. Just like on a ship, you're going to see the same people at your command. So, uh, you know, I would say if nothing else, just kind of building relationships. I try to build a relationship with my students. Um I let them know about me and who I am, and I try to get to know about them. And uh, same in the military, you know, people don't know, or they people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So I try to come in here and make myself very personable, and I laugh, and we like to have a good time. And with that, you know, we're able to learn and uh, grow together in the same way that it was in the military. So how many people in the Navy, how many people are under your command? Uh, so on my first ship, uh, I was in charge of about a group of, 12. Uh, my second ship, I was in charge of a group of 300 as anti-terrorism officer, so the entire ship. Wow. And then uh, once I got to my shore command, uh, it was about 300 as well oh, as wow. the administration officer, making sure that all their paperwork was good. So you got out at what? How old were you when you got uh, out? I was, let me see, I was 29. Okay. I just got out this year, this, this past March. Okay. So, yep. All right. Well, thank you so much again Absolutely. for being on the podcast. Absolutely. All right.